Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Bobcast with you. As always, it's Bob. Live in the lounge, staring at the Ouija board. As you can see above me is Year of October. They're back here on the show. I haven't seen these guys since last September. They were supposed to be here in March for a show on March 14th. As we all know, March 13th was like when the bomb exploded, and that's when everybody retreated into their houses, and they didn't know what to do with themselves for the better part of, what, six, seven months but, you know, some people, they chose to just sit back and watch Netflix and just do nothing and gain weight and eat copious amounts of food and drink and do all sorts of shit that's bad for them. Not these guys. These guys decided to, we'll find out more today, but I believe they recorded two albums back to back, but their first album that's going to be released, excuse me, the new album, Wastelands, comes out October 9th. Um, one of my favorite bands to see live. Please welcome James, Felicia, and Josh back to the show. How are you guys? Hello. We're great. How are you all? Oh. Two o'clock here. It's like one o'clock there, right? Yeah. Yeah. Some morning. Sometimes I like to have my cup of coffee like at one, sometimes at three, and then sometimes I have both cups of coffee. I, I think coffee's my favorite drink of choice, you know? Yeah. And I've, I've had a lot today, so I'm probably going to be real speedy. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's my third cup, so I'm you know, right there with you. Because you know what? Somebody was talking to me the other day about that. Like, when is it too many cups? Uh, I mean, Dave Grohl had to go to the hospital because his heart was about to explode. So yeah, fresh, I remember that video. It was a uh, uh, fresh, fresh hat. Well, it's fresh yeah. hat, right? He was going crazy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I think that is too many cups. <laughs> I, I saw the interview when he was like, uh, he was like, yeah, but he also smokes cigarettes. So it's like he's smoking Parliament lights and drinking copious amounts of like coffee. <laughs> I used to work. I used to work for Starbucks when I was um, a teenager, and then in my early twenties um here and los angeles and uh when i moved to los angeles i was introduced to iced coffee and I, I never had iced coffee before and i was like yeah let me have one of these let me get a vente iced coffee and then i started adding the shots of espresso in right yeah and I, i've been working there like a month maybe like four five weeks tops and like i started noticing that my jaw was like clenching like i, I was like <laughs> like bog like, like chewing on a bone the grip so tight and I remember one day we were driving up to Angeles Crest in Los Angeles, and I said to my friend Drew, I was like, man, I think i got to lay off the fucking iced coffee, man. <laughs> but, um, yeah, now that I have a kid, though, there's no fucking, there's no way that there's not enough coffee. There's always got to be more coffee. You know I, mean? I got this coffee ninja bar over here to my right that um, one of the, <laughs> I said to my wife the other day, I was like, one of the best things that come out of this pandemic was that I finally figured out how to set the automatic like, you know, like it starts at 6.06 a.m., like, by itself. And, like, to me, that was the greatest goddamn thing. In the world. Like, you smell it. Like, you're asleep, and you're in, like, this deep part of your sleep, and all of a sudden you start smelling it percolate, and you're like, oh, my God, dude, like, I'm, all, I'm alive. <laughs> and, um, I, I, you guys actually sent me uh, Wastelands a, a few weeks ago, and I listened to it. Once again, you know, I, I've said this since the, the get-go, you know, you got great tone on the guitar, man. I've said this like since day one when I saw you guys at uh, the Supper Club in Nashville. I'm I'm so big into tone. It's sick. Like it's like 
I have seen really like I've heard people like you know they'll be like oh you gotta check out the guitar player Bob he's really really good and he'll get up there and he is technically just amazing or she's amazing but like the tone is all wrong and I'm just I'm not involved then you know yeah I I appreciate you saying that man thank you yeah I mean it takes it takes work to get that too also to be consecutive with it on albums but also live you know what I mean like I miss playing live you know oh, yeah, yeah we miss it so too. much you know it gets upsetting right I mean like you guys did a couple of the um you know those online things I was doing and like after I got the done the fourth or fifth one I was like I just can't do this no more it's like it's not it's like um it's like I mean you like you like finish a song and like then it's yeah. dead silence. Dead silence. Awkwardness. It's like, you know, it's like it, it's different than the awkwardness you get like playing to a like show. no one. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like getting a happy meal without the toy, and you're just like, what? Yeah. What is this? You know what I mean? Like, why am I? You know, like why am I here for this? You know, but <laughs> it's depressing. It is what it is. You know, but like it also made me reconnect with that um, like desire to play with people. You know, and like you guys are very fortunate that the three of you have been able to continue to play in this amazing room that's that you guys are in now with all these relics of pop culture that I could spend hours talking about. But um, <laughs> I miss that so much now, like that it's like, you know, like I've been invited to a few like uh, pop-up shows or whatever. And, you know, it's, I don't know what it is, but I can't wait until like, you know, I heard today that the vaccine may come out like November 6th, which is insane, right? Like right before the election, because everybody was saying, you know, this is an election year and like the pandemic is affecting people's minds. My question for you, and we'll start with James and we'll go um, down the line. When they finally say it's good to go outside and be with people, what are you going to do first, bro? Ah, uh, what am I doing first? Dang, that's a good one. Um, I mean, hopefully I'm playing show. That'd be the reason I go out, because that's really the only reason I went out before the pandemic was to play shows. But, uh, man, probably, probably just go to the park, not having to wear a mask. That'd be great. Mm -hmm. What about you, Felicia? I mean, playing shows is my biggest thing. That's all I really want to do right now is go out and tour. Um, but, I mean, just eating in a restaurant and have it be normal would be yeah. really cool. Or a coffee shop? God, yeah, I want to go to a coffee shop, shop yeah. so bad. Good job. Uh, what about you, man? Probably, uh, probably going to a, going to a brewery. When we're on tour. We go to a lot of breweries, and that's it's fun. And I, I definitely kind of like shows. I kind of take it for granted to just go into a brewery and talk to people and hang out and have a beer, and mm -hmm. you know, or a coffee shop and, and just drink coffee and, and read. And yeah, definitely, hopefully, playing a show too. <laughs> I think for me, I don't know. I mean, I've. You know, the odd thing about it, and like I'm being 100% truthful here and not being a host of a podcast, I'm just being me talking serious shit, is like in the beginning, I was scared to death, man. I was, I was like, my son's four years old. I'm so scared to go outside. Like, I didn't know anything. I was like, don't touch the mail. Don't touch, you know what I mean? Like, I didn't know what was what, you know? And like, it taught me a lot about myself, not knowing what is what to be able to get through these things. And then like, you know, I didn't go out for like the first like two, three months. And then slowly I started to like, you know, be like, well, I've got to go do something. You know what I mean? Like, so then I started like uh, hiking a lot again, you know, and like as I'm hiking, like I, I did a lot in my early 20s and like it's I do it every day and like everybody's wearing a mask out in nature. Right. And it's such a conundrum because it's like, you know what I mean? Like you're, you're in nature, but you're, you know, all masked up. 
And it's just weird because it's like, now I'm just looking at people's eyes. I'm not looking at like what they're saying, you know? And you could tell a lot about, if you play poker, you could really tell a lot about somebody's eyes. But I mean, like, I just miss, like, I think that for me, like, I can't wait to go to a party to like have like a bunch of people around me and just listen to like the, the flow of conversation and stuff like that. Like, I miss like hearing other people. Like sometimes like I'll go to the grocery store and I'll, I'll like present day, like I'll go to the grocery store and strike up a conversation with the lady at the cash cashier register and not want to leave. Cause it's like, Oh, I'm talking to somebody. It's a stranger for the first time. Like, you know, like, and I mean, I talk to my friends and shit, but you know what I mean? Like whatever, like no, I, I get it. miss that, you know, I miss like, you know, and like, I used to like help people too. I was like a big practitioner of like altruism and shit, like grocery store. Like if I see somebody struggling to get their groceries in the car, I'm going to help them and not accept, you know what I mean? Like, don't, I don't need no money. Like just help. And like, I've seen that now a few times and that has broken my heart that I can't be like, let me insert myself into this situation to help somebody. And it's like, this yeah. pandemic has like, you know, it's like changed so many different like aspects. And like, yeah, I, I hope that like, they're like, look, the vaccine's here. Year of October gets to play tomorrow. You know what I mean? Like it would be a celebration for people. And I think a lot of people took live music for granted, you know, like um, speaking personally, you know, like, there's nothing worse when you, 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 you practice so much, like, you know, you practice all day, you write songs and then you go play somewhere and they're watching like a baseball game on the television behind you. And you're just like, no, that's not, <laughs> you know what I mean? like, I've got so much invested in this, you know? And like now maybe people would be like, Oh God, I missed that so much that I can't mm -hmm. wait to go and be present and not have like, you know, the cell phone device out. And like, you know what I mean? Like I, that was bothering me towards the end. Like, why are you watching me through this? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. what, you know, like, what do you, like, if you're going to film me, film me for 10 seconds. You know what I mean? That's all you need yeah. for a story. You know, you don't have to be that way the whole time. Now yeah. with year of October, like I actually, um, I was doing some reconnaissance work on you guys and I was scrolling all the way back and seeing like just how far and how long you guys have been doing this. Like, I don't think I ever asked like, when did the band begin? Like, exactly. Back did it begin, like, here's my question, too. Let me rephrase. Did it begin the moment you two first met together? Uh, <laughs> a couple years after. Uh, because we, we met in college and we started dating. Mm -hmm. And we just kind of let us date for a little while. We knew that each other liked music and played and sang and stuff. But we let that kind of marinate for a minute before we decided we could write together. So back in 2010, the summer of 2010 is when we really started writing as year of October. Uh, the, the fact though that you let time go before you actually start, you knew each other before, because I mean, we've talked about this before uh, briefly online, but my wife and I were huge White Stripe fans when like, you know, they came out, like we went to Madison Square Garden, we went to Baltimore, we went to Los Angeles to see, like, you know, we loved them and they were married and they broke up and it didn't work out. But you guys decided to get to know each other for four years before you actually start doing stuff. You know, I mean, sometimes like the best teams are, you know, um, like my wife, she does, she's, she jams with me. Like she plays drums and I'll play guitar with her, but it's not like a full-time gig. You know what I mean? But that's gotta be fun to do that, to create together and also be in a marriage. And then you yeah. adopted James too as well, right? So James, <laughs> you have a son who's uh, in his mid twenties, right? <laughs> Um, so I did um, see, uh, I believe I saw a different drummer when I first,
first saw Year of October in Nashville, but then James came along and he played at the top of the world. The last gig I ever really organized, like in real life. You've got an interesting style. I can tell, James, that you've been drumming for a long time. Like, did you pick up the sticks, like, straight out the womb? Uh, not quite. I, was, I started playing when I was, like, 13 or 14, you know, uh, middle school marching band, and then at uh, high school and college after that. Mm-hmm. You know, just stick with the kit, man. It's a, it's, a, it's a powerful thing. It's a great outlet for aggression and for compassion. Yeah, that's true. Um, you know, it's funny you, you say uh, my neighbor across the street is a, a drummer who started also in a marching band. I find that people who, who are drummers who started in the marching band have a lot more discipline than other drummers because you're listening to a creative collective of tempo rather than just... I play with some drummers where I'm just like, oh, God, dude, like, really? Like, come on, man. Lay back. <laughs> Hi-hat. Like, you know, like, in, like, there's something about the way you, you hit the cymbals, too. It's like... Some drummers, they, like, they think they have to hit super, super hard, you know what I mean, to get that noise. It, it's not all necessarily about the, the prowlessness, but more or less the technique. And um, for sure, I've been bass my whole life, you know. And then about five years ago, I started playing drums for the first time. And now I'm realizing that I should have played the drums first, you mm-hmm. know. Because the drums yeah. are the best part of being in a band, really. I mean, no offense to the guitarist <laughs> and, the, and the vocals, but... You're back there and you're holding the whole thing down. The whole, it's like you're the director, the cinematographer, the script writer, the actors, you know, like you have it all going on at once and all it takes is one mistake for the whole thing to fall apart. <laughs> oh, for sure, dude. You know, like, um, you leave your hi-hat clutch at home and then it's like, yeah. well, I can't, I can't do anything. <laughs> I remember one gig where um, our drummers, we were like, you know, four hours, five hours from home and he's like, I don't have my clutch. And I'm like, what? And he's like, oh, I don't have my clutch and I don't have my kick pedal either. I'm like, well, what are we going to do, dude? <laughs> you can't do anything at that point. We couldn't do anything. We played acoustically. And I, God, I can't stand, you know what I mean? Like you practice in a heavy, you know, mm-hmm. band, a rock band. You don't want to be up there playing just acoustic songs. But um, yeah, so I mean, like drumming is, is, is very, um, it's addictive too. Because like you could spend so much time on Instagram. There's so many different drummers to, you know, to watch and, I guess that's one thing about social media that I do enjoy, but yeah, that's, that's a different aspect as well. Like the, that whole thing, because, you know, people put things on social media that, you know, they've, they've played or recorded and then they can kind of edit it and do that yeah. kind of thing, make it look a certain way for 45 seconds to a minute, but, you know, playing, playing a live show for an hour and a half or, you know, three hour shows, it's yeah. a different, it's a different side of things. You know, you gotta it's be all about stamina too at that point. Cause it's like, yeah. Um, yeah. like I'm working up to like 40 minutes playing, like where I'm solid, you know what I mean? Like um, it's hard to explain. Cause if you're not a drummer, it's like, it, it's, it's a full blown cardio. Like, you know what I mean? Like you are in the moment and uh, you know, like you could easily just like lose tempo or lose, t- you know, like sometimes you just don't, you sit behind the kit and you're like, oh, like I don't have it right now. You know, it's weird. <laughs> I didn't feel that way with bass guitar though. With bass, it was always just a procedural type thing, you know, like, ah, well, I'm on the G and I know I gotta go to the five, like whatever, like drums, you have to be omnipresent. And I know for a fact that I cannot be drinking anything but coffee. If I drink any alcohol, my timing goes <laughs> out the window. I'm just like, <laughs> it's like any it's, form of practice. You know? Yeah. And I love practice though. I mean, practice has like always been one of my favorite parts of being in a band. And that may sound yeah. crazy to some, but it's like I love practice. You know what I mean? Like, because then when you get up there and you you've spent so much time 
like, you know, like honing your craft, once you get on stage, it's like, you know, it's like on autopilot, you know, like, yeah. I wish mm-hmm. that like, you know, driving to the gigs was like an autopilot thing. Like, <laughs> yeah. ultimately, or you know what the worst part about a gig too is just like when they make you get there at three o'clock yeah. for the rehearsal or the sound check at three o'clock and then you're not supposed to go on till 10. Like yeah. that is suffering. Okay. For people out there who don't know about music, that is suffering. Okay. That is like going to work and forgetting the clock in. That is the worst thing you can do is be there from three o'clock to 10 o'clock with jack shit to do. No movie theaters. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. God, I hated that part. We used I mean, to Josh, 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 I would Josh go to movie. five tacos before the <laughs> 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 What'd you say? I said, then Josh eats five tacos at 9.30 when we've got to go on at 10. <laughs> oh, that's the worst. That's the worst too. Yeah. Like when you're like, yeah. Oh dude, I shouldn't have done that. Yeah. Like <laughs> I'm up there with the, the taco sweats. Still. I one time I had like a, like a, like a pub pretzel or something thinking like, I just need a base because I'm going to drink. The pretzel was just not the right thing. And I was just like, Oh dude, this is the worst. But yeah. I really, I miss like all aspects of, um, of playing music live. And, um, it's just such a weird thing that we're in this boat, but I mean, like, I want to talk more about the album wastelands. I mean, the thing that's interesting to me about this is that you guys, you did mo- most of the recordings yourself and producing, like um, all of it, right? You did all, all of it yourself in that room right there? Yeah, 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 in here, yeah. We got the drums over here. So what's uh, the process for you guys? Do you guys uh, get the drums down first or? We, we usually, um, depending on the song, what we usually do is we'll, we'll track drums, uh, scratch guitar and scratch vocals. I'll throw the amp in the other room. Uh, Felicia's usually in the bathroom singing so we can have like a reference, but, uh, we record live, uh, you know, usually two or three takes on this record. Uh, and then wait until we get a great drum track. But the, the nice thing about this record too, I end up keeping a lot of the scratch stuff, um, from Felicia and from the guitar stuff. So if it's like, if it's good, you know, you keep it, but yeah, basically get the drums down. Yeah. And then I, then I lay bass down next. Uh, and then I bass all, I do all the guitar stuff after the bass and vocals. So. That's, that's a great lead into my next question. Cause like, if I was in proximity, I'd ask to be your bass player, but like what you had bass, but like now it's like when you guys perform, you're, you're like a power trio. Right. So like it does, it does leave a lot of room for Felicia's voice to, you know, take it up a notch and then you can hear James's uh, rhythm you know on the album but I didn't realize that you're the bass player too as well who yeah. would you ever consider uh, uh allowing a bass player in his early 40s from Philadelphia to <laughs> commute down there <laughs> well of course yeah no, I, know, uh, I wish I could just like fly down there right now and jam with you guys but I mean that's interesting that, like is it was it a conscious decision to to um leave the bass out of the live performance um it was kind of out of necessity the first time we did it which was 2014 uh or 13 because um i actually played bass originally in the band and um we had a falling out with a guitar player and we had like 10 shows lined up and we had a brand new drummer and i was like well i had no guitar pedals either and i was like i knew i me and felicia wrote everything Mm -hmm. so i was like well i better get some guitar stuff and i had a really nice amp so I got like a fuzz pedal and uh, like, uh, you know, maybe a delay or something or a tremolo pedal. And then I was like, all right, I'm going to play guitar. And it was uh, basically we had to do it for these 10 shows, but we did it and it, it changed our sound for the, and it really, uh, I think, it, I think it was definitely the best direction the band. It's the biggest change the band has, has had. And I think me switching to guitar really forced the band in a new direction uh, in a good way. So 
Um, we've had bass players play with us uh, in the past, but like playing with the three of us, the, the best part of it is we can really go off of each other and, yeah. and uh, make a live show pretty unique in that aspect. Yeah, there's nothing quite like when, I mean, I remember like when the White Stripes first came out, people were like, well, where's the bass? And, and then like, I was like, well, you got to go see them live because you don't even think about bass when you're watching them because it's just that powerful, you know? Um, yeah, I was always wondering that because I was like, man, I wish I could just, you know, join another band. I haven't been in a band since Judah Kim and the Assassination. And I thought that my uh, career was uh, coming to an end. But now it's just like, it never goes away. It never will go away ever. Like, I'm telling you that right now. If you're a musician who thinks that you could just put that instrument down and not like still think about it or like, you know, like it's such a, um, performing in front of people is such a high, you know what I mean? It's such a, um, like a natural high too, where it's like, it's hard to like come down. Like it's funny enough. I don't know why she popped in my head right now, but I just listened to, uh, Joe Rogan's latest episode of, um, his show on Spotify with Miley Cyrus. And like Miley is so, She's been singing what? She's, she's 12 years old or whatever. Like she is so troubled by her career, like in this interview talking about like how she just has tremendous guilt and like all this stuff and like all the stuff she does to keep herself um, active, like so her voice can maintain. But the thing that she said was interesting too, which I, it's so hard to like pinpoint and describe is like that feeling after a really good show. Like you can't go to sleep. You can't go to sleep. You know, it's like, it's better than anything. It's better than, you know, um, I mean, cocaine keeps you awake. Adderall keeps you awake. All these other drugs, you know what I mean? Like you don't need any of that shit. If you have that feeling of accomplishment, you know, and, um, God, I wish you could like bottle that up and sell it. You know what I mean? <laughs> you wouldn't need to get Spotify streaming. Place. You could just make your money. How do you guys feel about like, I, I, what I do like the, I, I love the fact too, that like, you know, you have an album wastelands, there's 10 tracks. It's an album, you know? you guys are a little bit younger than me, but like you also are in this streaming giant industry. Like what are your thoughts versus physical versus streaming? We prefer physical. I mean, we have vinyl records. We have tons of CDs still. Yeah. I, I got a CD player a couple of years ago just so we could spend them in the house and not just in our car. Um, but yeah, we prefer yeah. I don't, that. I don't, I actually don't stream like at all really. Mm -hmm. Uh, just cause like, uh, I, you don't pay for it. I, I, yeah, unless I, I I pay for like I'll buy someone's CD or yeah, um, yeah. Vi vinyl is the way to go though. I just got the new Alden Witches vinyl. Came oh in wow! Yet. To yeah. be the to be the devil's advocate here though, uh, you guys you guys did tell me a story recently where you guys were playing a duo set and someone like looked you up and like listened to some of the songs on streaming and because of that they then bought came the and bought like a record oh. and a CD. There's you know? yeah, there's a yeah. For sure. Yeah, there's it's, it's a double-edged sword for sure. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm also too like old school. Like I, I like to buy the CD, but my wife got me Spotify like a couple months ago, and like I was so anti it because I was so mad about how much residual, like they would pay me in residuals through my our PayPal account for Downtown Harvest, and um, like we were we were on our second album in 2008 when Pandora like first you know came out, and like we were part of this like group that got in there first and the payment was so good then. And then they did something, I think in 2011 or 12, where it just went south. And that just sucks too. Cause it's like, you know, at a record store, if you drop off 20 vinyls of Wasteland, you know, if there's none, none left, you've sold 20, you know what I mean? But with streaming, it's like, 
playing online poker. You know what I mean? Like, you don't know what's in that deck. You know what I mean? There could be 18 aces, you know? But, like, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I wish that there was more ramifications for an artist to to um, be able to see that income, like, in a way, like, are you familiar with, like, you know, the way Grubhub pays? Like, you go out and you, like, deliver Grubhub, you can cash out that night, you know? Be nice if you could do that, like, with your album sales, right? But, like, well, <laughs> we'll get that money right now today. Well, and I think the thing, too, about streaming for me is with Spotify and Amazon, if you had 10,000 listeners, you still don't get any – you don't have any actual connection with those people. Like, they listen yeah, to your you music, are, so but you don't know. Keep in touch or Whereas anything. if somebody were to buy your album on Bandcamp, they sign up for your mailing list, and then you can, you know, you can send them dates. So – I think it's a misconception when people think bands have a lot of listeners on Spotify that it accumulates to bigger shows. Because we played with some bands that have ten people listening on Spotify and played to a ton of people, and then and then and, and there's you know you never know. It's just I think it's kind of like kind of like anything with the music industry. A lot of it's smoke and mirrors, and like you know I know yeah, you know, what actually means something. But uh, but yeah, it's like it's like yeah, I would love to have people listening to us on any platform. But, uh, yeah, our goal is definitely to sell more physical stuff personally. So, <laughs> I mean, you got, you got are in a geographical location where music is very, you know, I mean, right now, obviously, just put on hold. But, I mean, like, it is alive there, and people like the consumption of it in that natural way with records and stuff. You know, I mean, like, vinyl is just, I mean, like, one of the things I miss the most about vinyl is uh, not so much the music, but the uh, turn the page at the sound of the chime. Like, I had all these old-school Marvel comics, like, books yeah. i would yeah. read and like you know with the record playing and like god i miss that so much like that feeling of like being you know immersed in some sort of media that isn't you know uh, a screen or something like that you know like it it helped my imagination as a kid but i also have all my old 45s and um you know i'm glad i didn't get rid of them i mean i've got mm -hmm. you know zeppelin i've got beatles albums and it is great to actually collect you know like a physical thing that you could like pass down you know like i'm excited to give my kid my comic books and stuff like you know how many years of me like moving these long boxes around you know what i mean just be like well one day he's gonna get the books but um <laughs> you guys yeah. um also like you enjoy um literature film and uh i mean like just looking now in that room i guess i'll, I'll talk about i guess the dark knight rises bane picture right there i mean i imagine you guys saw the new trailer for the batman Oh, yeah. 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 So my two favorite things in the world are Batman and Nirvana. And uh, something in the way is the song that played. And I, <laughs> like, the first time it came on, like, I was just like, are you fucking shitting me? Like, I like looked around. <laughs> fucking with me. But, like, I'm very, like, any time a Batman film comes out, I'm always interested. Looking back at the Dark Knight trilogy, how do you think it holds up, Josh? Uh, I think it still holds up great. Uh, I love Dark, I mean, Dark Knight's my favorite, mm -hmm. but I think uh, Dark Knight, Batman Begins, Dark Knight Rises is my third favorite, but it's still, all three of them are great. Yeah. And I think Dark Knight uh, alone is like, a, I, I consider it a masterpiece. It uh, is the, I, in my opinion, it is the masterpiece of that series. Like watching Begins and uh, Rises again, it's like, like, watch Rises from a perspective of really trying to figure out what Bane's objective is. Is the yeah. what, are you, what are you doing there, dude? Like, what are you, you got the trigger, or, you know, like, I, <laughs> I, I say, really feel like he so know huge. what to do. <laughs> like he, he passes away, and they just don't know, 
because like obviously he was such a great villain. It would have been great to have him in the third one. You know, I read something once that the third film was going to be about the Joker's escape from Arkham Asylum. That's great. But like, you know, like also too, for me, it's like Batman wouldn't fucking give up. You know what I mean? Like, why is he giving up? And why is he Howard Hughes in this mansion? You know, I watched it the other last week. It was on TV. And I'm just like, and Joseph Gordon-Levitt is so quick to be like, oh, you're Batman. You know, like, yeah, come on. Oh, yeah. he figures it out in like, yeah, he, 10 minutes of screen time. Well, no, not only did he figure it out, he figured it out when he was just a little boy at the orphanage. You know what I mean? Right. Like, there wasn't any reconnaissance into this thing. Like, you know. Well, also, know. like, what about that the death scene with the chick? Uh, what's her with the the bad girl? Like she said that she didn't know that was the shot that they kept, and she said really? she she saw it the opening day. Oh, she's dead in the in the bat wing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she said because her death scene, ugh, you know, it's horrible. So and she said that she like started. She went outside and started screaming at uh, Christopher Nolan, and like she was furious about it. <laughs> and in an interview I saw with her, she's like, "I will never watch that movie again." Wow. She like talked to any of these people. Because she's like that, like she's like, that's not she she said she did it like ten times. Really? And she's like or something like that. And she's like, and that's the one you chose? <laughs> I'm gonna Google that up. Well, I you know, I read something about him because he's got this new film Tenet coming out. I'm excited like, for that, yeah. Yeah, I'm excited to see it too as well. But it's like one thing that like I didn't really pick up on until I start reading like a little bit in the last couple of weeks about Tenet, because you know, people were asking me too, like, when's it, when do you think it's gonna be safe? I was like, Oh, when the film Tenet comes out, that's when it's safe to, to go back outside because there's so much money. But one of the things that Christopher Nolan doesn't do well is he doesn't portray women in his films like in a, a heroic, you know what I mean? They're always like the damsel, kind of damsel. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, and like I heard that's the same thing with Tenet, but like maybe that's just, you know, because he's into those James Bond type espionage, you know, like things or whatever. But I am excited that, you know, there's films. Um, I watched Bill and Ted last week, you know, at home, which was cool, but I really w- wish that I was in a theater to see that with people. It would have been neat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but like, yeah. I mean, with film with with the Batman though, I am very excited though because it just seems like finally they're gonna like tell the de- the detective side of him and not the brooding like let me just beat Doomsday ass type thing. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I'm yeah. about that because like, I read the Hardy Boys a lot when I was growing up. You know what I mean? And, like, I watch all these shows. Like, I loved MacGyver and stuff like that. And I I don't think that that's ever been like depicted in the films where he's actually like smart. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> But other than that, though, with pop culture, like, um, I noticed that you guys do like to read a lot, you know? So, I mean, like, we can talk some books here. I know you're reading Stephen King's new new uh, book as yeah, well. I just, yeah, it's uh, uh, If It Bleeds is what it's called. It's four short stories. I just finished the first one uh, last night, actually. And so far, it's really good. Um, I think the what I've read, uh, the actual story, If It Bleeds, which is like the third short story in there, is a uh, it's like a follow up to um, the outsider, which is oh, wow. also which is also a follow up to his uh, the build the Hodges trilogy, which is like Mr. Mercedes, and which so it's it's pretty cool. Uh, talk about detective stuff. Those books yeah, those are, are great detective books. those books are awesome. Uh, I um I read something once. I think it's maybe it's Harry or Cujo. One of the one of the books like he doesn't remember writing because he was so messed <laughs> up on drugs and alcohol. Uh-huh. Yeah, 80s, right? <laughs> yeah, like when he was just so out there, like just be able to like sit down at a desk and just fire off these things is just gotta be intense. But um, I was in Maine once and we drove by his house and we didn't have enough time to like stop and I was so upset. I was just like, dude, we gotta go, you know? Like, but I, <laughs> I, I've just been 
stand at the front gates, but <laughs> what about, um, like, so like if you could pick one book that was like the standout for you from Steven, what would it be? Uh, I'm a big dark tower series. So it's not one book, though. I know well, I'm going to pick one book in the dark tower yeah. series. Uh, uh, <laughs> wizard in glass book four. Okay. What about you, Felicia? Uh, you Stephen plot. King? Sounds yeah. like James, yeah. you got, you got one. Uh, I read the subtitles when I was watching Dr. Sleep. <laughs> Is that good, by the way? I haven't had a chance to watch that. It's real. I enjoyed it. You know, I love that. I'm, I'm not like a huge like Stephen King reader, so <laughs> I probably don't have the knowledge of the backstory and everything that leads into it or how yeah. it pertains to the book. But I love Ewan McGregor, so. Oh, he's a great actor. Um, so, also, by the way, I also prefer to watch films with subtitles. Oh, everything with subtitles. Yeah, maybe it's a musician thing because we can't hear shit no more. But like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't do it. Because then I'm never in the point where it's like, well, what did he just say? You know, because like, in my left ear, it just sucks. Like, I'm like, huh? Like, you like hear different things too because sometimes it'll say like a background noise that you didn't uh, hear. So it's yeah. like birds tweeting and it's like, oh, I didn't even hear it. I, also I love when that. it's like ominous music. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love when it says that in parentheses. <laughs> then, yeah, you, yeah, like, yeah. then you pick up on things that like wouldn't, you know, like maybe like you know you know something bad's about to happen. Um, so it also, like it'll also if there's like an intro song, sometimes it'll say what song and what artist. Yeah, that's, that's cool. cool. Sometimes it's like you band and you're like, oh, that's a cool song. I think it, so I can go onto my Spotify streaming service and then pull up that band. And check it out. <laughs> so I'm going to do what I do well and I'm going to tie things together. One of the things that was driving me nuts for years was in the dark night when uh, Christian or when Bruce Wayne is on the yacht with the Russians and the Russian ballet and he's about to jump off and get into the, um, the ship, the, the plane that takes him uh, into China. He says something to Alfred and I could never understand what the hell Alfred was saying until I watched it with subtitles. I can't even remember now what he's saying, but it's something about a Fernie banker or something like, it's just a weird thing that I never would have known without subtitles. Especially watching shows like, oh yeah, when they have the English accent, they yeah, speak quick. Yeah. 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 Like Downton Abbey or Sherlock or something. Or IT I love Sherlock. Sherlock was a great series. Sherlock was great. I hope that they bring that back. Um, you know, I didn't get a chance to see the, uh, the abominable snowman film. Once you have a kid, it's so hard to like watch stuff anymore. It's like, I'm, I never thought I would be somebody who fell asleep during movies. It just never happened to me until I became a dad, but it happens. But uh, speaking of uh, Ewan McGregor, I, um, I mean, I love train spotting. I saw train spotting in the theaters when I was a teenager and it just blew me away. I never forget that. Um, I am excited to see him as Obi-Wan in, in like a, uh, like a scripted television series. I mean, uh, you no, know, like that'd be awesome. You know, I mean, I love the Mandalorian, those new star Wars films. No, I mean like, yeah. It's a mess. It was such a mess. Like, what, what did you guys string this shit together? Like, <laughs> it makes no sense. And I probably, you know, I have a lot of people who listen to the show who are Star Wars fans, whatever. I'm sorry to say it, but look, those films in 10 years, you're going to be like, what, what the hell happened in the last 10 minutes of that third film? But I mean, that's just the thing about like franchise stuff too. It's too hard to you know, it's too hard to satisfy everybody, you know? Mm. That's why they need to make new stuff. Stop making old stuff, yeah. make new stuff, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, Mandalorian I, was awesome, though. Mandalorian was so good. My son loved it, too. And, like, I was just like, should I show him this? He's only three, but, like, Baby Yoda was just too cute. And 
something about the way that those episodes came across, it was just easy for anybody. Like, you know, my son was three at the time and I was, you know, 39. It's just like, oh, like this, it's so engaging to the point where you don't have to know about the force and like where this person came from and who's in this house and that house. Did you see season two just got announced? Yeah. But wait, cannot wait for season two. Season two is going to be in October, I think, right? Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's like October 30th or something. You guys have Disney Plus? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's great, right? I mean... Pretty much, we got it. We we got the free trial, and we watched the first episode of Mandalorian, and we're like, we have to keep it. We have to keep it. (laughs) Have you you seen any of the Toy Story shorts? So there's like a short film collection. I highly recommend Toy Story shorts. There's one episode where Barbie and Ken try to go on vacation. It may... Hey, girl. You guys are in luck. You get to meet my uh, my new dog here. Come here, Lucy. Lucy's only about nine weeks old. Come here, Lucy. She's stretching out right now doing her yoga. Come here, girl. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh. So precious. Oh, yeah. That was great. Go get your... Uh... <laughs> I just found out what a bully stick is. You guys familiar with a bully stick? Bully mm-hmm. pin? So it's like this chew that a dog can buy. And like, I was like, oh yeah, this is great. And then like, I looked it up. It's actually a bull's penis. Oh. Yeah, in my house with the bull's cock. But hey, <laughs> you know, it, it is I mean, what it, it is. Tasty, right? <laughs> yeah. it was tasty. What are you eating now? Anyway, um, you guys have pets? Are you pet owners? We have, we have three, three cats, cats and he so, has yeah. two cats. I, I had cats. And um, I think we spoke once about cats. I miss, I miss my cat. You know what I mean? Like he was like the greatest guy. He was like 15 years old though. You know, and it's just so sad like to watch them get old. And, you know, like it's like, it's depressing. But cats, they have that mystical quality that dogs don't. You know what I mean? A dog's your friend. A dog loves you so much, but a cat could like give you advice. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh-huh. A cat could be your psychiatrist. Like, Tom. Down, you <laughs> overboard today, buddy. Yeah. Haven't you? Um, with October 9th not too far away, um, are you guys, is the year of October planning to do any streaming concerts? I do believe you guys have some dates, right? Like, you are going to go back out, right? Um, tentatively, I mean, we we have some stuff lined up, but who knows if yeah. people play in at that point. I know uh, we've had stuff. Basically, we've had stuff all year, and, and most of it's actually... We're just waiting to see it fall off. Yeah. That's pretty much where we're at now. What is the, the current, like, climate down there in Nashville? Like, is, like, you, you have um, indoor dining open? Uh, yeah. Yes. Mm. About, like, 75% capacity. Yeah, and, and bars more. are at... You can have 25 people, right? They just doubled it. They just doubled it to yeah, 50. 50 people. See, that's just the thing. It's like, who knows this shit, right? So, like 25, yeah. 50, what's the difference between two and yeah. four? You know what I mean? Like, I the thing is, it's also hard for me to just sit back and watch, too, is like how people are saying that, like, okay, so it's okay to go into a grocery store and shop. I went to the New Jersey shore where nobody's wearing a mask and social distancing, by the way, and they were one of the states that were predominantly infected. Who is making these decisions up, you know? Like, kids can't go to school. Kids will go to school, stay home. And then, like, with the election coming, people are like, well, we're going to have to vote by mail. And it's like, but I can go to Costco and get toilet paper. And people are everywhere, not adhering, you know? Like, 
who knows, you know? But The Rock just today got COVID. So if The Rock got COVID. The Rock, so, oh, The Rock got it? The Rock got COVID, and he made a video on Instagram. Damn. He can't play it because we get kicked off. But he basically says, you know, like, I got it, and I gave it to my, my kids and my wife. But, I mean, like, look, I'm going to be honest. I think I had it, like, maybe about two months ago. I felt like shit. I was sleeping all day. But I'm not going to go and get that test. I'm just, I'm, I'm not into shit scrubbed up my nose and I don't want them to put something in there. You know, I feel like it's just too weird. You know, it's like, also too, it's like, how do you know that that test is legit? Like I've read stuff that people have registered, couldn't make the test and then received an email that they were positive for COVID. You know, like I just, it's not that I don't have trust in my government. It's just that, you know, shit falls apart. How yeah. do you feel about it? You know, like. Do you, do you, are you optimistic that 2021 will bring about the, the ascension? Uh, I mean, it, I don't want to jinx this, but it, you know, it doesn't feel like it get any worse, but it definitely could, of course. Right. But you know, I just, I just think strong belief in science and like, if, if there's some way to, you know, that they can assure us, you know, some way to, to build trust that I feel like a lot of misinformation has broken now right misinformation is just the worst and like you know what the internet is a huge culprit of that if just like one day seeing something and like believing it and then the next knowing that it's completely false and it's a really weird time you know um that's why i have enormous amounts of compassion and empathy for artists right now um such as yourself bands you know like it's so important to um bring live music back to the fold so that way you know artists can express themselves because like right now it's it's tough you know it's tough yeah. I bet you guys are chomping at the bit, you know, like trying to get back out there and do your thing, right? Yeah, we are. Uh, and it's been it's been an interesting uh, just seeing uh, how many artists have been recording. So on the on the on the positive side, there's going to be I think there's going to be a ton of new music yeah. next year and then the end of this year, which there already has been. And children. And children. And children. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of pregnancies. I guess it's uh, a good thing, you know. I mean. A lot of people were like saying like stuff like how could we bring a child into this world and it's just like look i mean whenever is a good time you know yeah who, who knows what what could come our way next but i do think that this pandemic has like kind of hardened us in a way to be prepared for something you know like we weren't prepared before you know like if i would have told you in september when you guys were performing on the rooftop of whole foods that we'd be doing zoom interviews and staying inside and only picking up tacos from the curb you know what i mean like it it just it didn't register, you know, like at all in hindsight too. I'm very happy that you guys were able to pull off a full set before the rain came. Yeah. Everybody else got cut off short, but you know, like that was like cool that like, you know, like that was my main objective. I was like, look, it's, as long as the band from Nashville gets to play their whole set, because I think like, they're driving all the way up there. And then like, you know what I mean? Like that just, I'm happy that that went off without a hitch. And like, once things get back to normal, we'll totally bring you guys up there. We were supposed to do a show that Saturday, you know? And like, I remember like calling you and being like, um, I, I don't know like if this is a good idea yet, you know? And like being like, I was judged by some of my peers for canceling it, you know? And like, I canceled a bunch of like podcasts, you know? And it's just like, I don't know what's going on yet. Like, yeah just so that weird, was a crazy too. time too though because we were i mean we were on the road whenever everything went down so we had played in ohio two nights prior then we were in west virginia and the night we were in lynchburg was when we decided to cancel like three more yep. days 
your show had gotten canceled and then we had two more. So we were just like, we'll just go home after this show. Yeah. But we were at the bar in Lynchburg and on all the TVs, it was like possible 150,000 cases in Ohio. And I was like, you're in Ohio two nights ago at a bar with tons of people. Yeah. And so I was like, Panic yeah, mode on weird. the road in this crowded bar in Lynchburg, Virginia. It was crazy. And then we we wake up and have a string of like twenty emails from bars being like we're closed, we're closed. You know, it was a very surreal time for sure. And it's like still feels weird, but it's it, it almost feels like that was years ago. <laughs> no, it's like, and it's also too. It's like it's really strange how it feels years ago, but also like from March thirteenth to today, September third. It, it just it's such a weird part of everyone's life you know it's like it doesn't feel like a half a year it feels like a lot of years or it feels like it went by like that i don't know it's it's such a weird thing you know yeah. don't eat much time yeah, perception of time has been really strange isn't it weird like, yeah there's some weeks where like i i know exactly what's going on there's other weeks where i'll be like oh my gosh it's thursday you know yeah <laughs> it's like it's very strange how uh, often are you guys playing together uh, we, once, once twice a week. Yeah. Yeah. I have my son and my wife and like we have jam sessions and stuff, but God, I, I can't wait to play an actual song, you know, like <laughs> I did learn yeah. how to play uh, the piano during the uh, pandemic. And that's been like, a, uh, like my, the guy was in my band, Tom, he moved to Alabama some years ago and he was like, do you mind if I uh, keep the baby grand piano in your garage for like a couple of weeks before I send somebody to pick it up? And he never did. But that's been fun to actually learn a new instrument. Have you guys picked up anything new during um, the pandemic? Mm, five pounds. <laughs> <laughs> well, if the music career doesn't work out, James, I think you've got a career in stand-up. I heard it's a lot easier to learn. <laughs> really you know? Uh, well, you've been doing a lot of video editing. Yeah, I've done our music videos. I made our lyric videos. <laughs> that was the first time I've done a lyric video, so that was cool. I tried to learn bass. But mm -hmm. I'm gonna try that again. <laughs> you should try that. That'd be cool if like you picked up the bass and like you didn't have to get somebody else into the fold because it seems like the chemistry right now in this band is where it needs to stay, right? Like, yeah. it's like it is really good. Uh, it's like you, you, can't, good you can't take anything out and you can't put anything in, you know. And it's like that fine balance that a band has to find before you know, just one person could really just screw things up. I, I hate to be. It's so. It's so. No, I totally something agree. That people don't talk about really much, but I mean like the dynamic between a band, the chemistry between a band is way more important than any of the tracks that the band puts out, you know? Cause it's like, if you can't being a van, being the van together for an extended amount of time, you just, there's so much that goes into the band that doesn't even like get a chance to be seen on stage. You know what I mean? And like, mm -hmm. I know that the three of you do that work and I know that you, are trying to get the year of October to as many people's earlobes as possible. That's why on October 9th, I plan on going to everybody's house, knocking on the door and screaming. <laughs> yeah, October. Um, I've told you this numerous times before. I love the month of October. Um, something just so awesome about that month. Um, I mean, obviously with Halloween stuff like that, but I mean like around here, like in the fall time, you know, all the leaves change color and stuff like that. And just like the atmosphere, I wish I could just live in that month also we have a tradition here in october in my house that we watch a scary movie every night of october that's awesome um, you know it could be a zombie film whatever you know i'd love horror films um have you seen any good horror films that you could recommend 
to me before we uh, wrap things up. Midsommar. What's it called? Midsommar. Oh, yeah, I haven't seen that yet. That's the guy that did Hereditary, right? Yes. Yeah, Hereditary. just watched Hereditary. Hereditary was great. Hereditary uh, is a great film. That's crazy. Yeah, crazy. If you haven't seen it, whatever, because you, you've made it 51 minutes in this podcast, you've probably seen it. But when <laughs> the head comes off, holy shit, dude. I remember oh, like, turning to my She never breaks eye contact. Oh, my dude. God, that yeah. is oh. crazy. But the kid's response to yeah. go home and just go to bed. Just go to bed. So honest, because I... You know, I, I've experienced some, some post-traumatic stress like that. And, like, you're just not – you're not with yeah. – I didn't kill nobody or anything like that. But, I mean, like, you're not with it. <laughs> but that was, like, such an honest, like, um, you know, depiction of, like, what something like that would go down. But the eeriness of those films. So I will check out Midsummer. Um, yeah. We need to, too. Uh, so good. Even talking about it's it. Wild, it's wild, dude. It's yeah, and great. I'm a big fan of the original Wicker Man and the Nicolas Cage Wicker Man. So I know it's got some of that <laughs> tone. Yeah, <laughs> the movie's just fucked up, man. I, I love uh, anything with Nicolas Cage in, I'll watch. Um, oh, yeah, he's great. He's great. On Amber, dude. Such a great, <laughs> such a good movie, you know? And it's just so, I remember, yeah. like, I remember, like, having a conversation. We went to the movie theater to see that, and I remember, like, saying to my friends, like, you think his hair's real? And like, we were just talking, like, you know, like, <laughs> no way at the theater. But John Malkovich, though, I mean, I miss seeing John Malkovich in roles like that, you know, where, like, he's crazy. Um, but yeah, what a great film. <laughs> now he's on Space Force. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. See, that's what happens. I miss so much stuff of pop culture that, like, I just start watching Cobra Kai, you know, and I saw the Karate Kid films in the, the theater. But, um, yeah, I have to check that out. Something about horror, though, something about the month of October, and something about your band, the year of October. Um, you guys can check them out. I'll put some links into the podcast here below. I, I really hope to see you guys in real life. You know, this this is just getting old. You know, it's like yeah. I'm gonna make a I'm make a prediction right now. Okay, June. COVID is gone because the pandemic is over on November seventh. It's election day, and they're like, hey, by the way, when you vote, you get a shot of the vaccine in your mouth, <laughs> and everybody's good to go. So it's like you vote. And then the highest voter turnout ever. Ever. Imagine that though. I mean, like, I just came up with that now as I'm sitting here with you guys, just a spray. You know, you got a little mouthwash, like vaccinated. Tastes like, tastes like peppermint. Yeah. And I know you guys keep pumping it's stuff out. You mentioned to me that you guys are st you're recording another album right now, right? We yeah, are. Yeah. Yeah. We've already yeah. started on the next one. So. We're about uh, four songs deep on that one. So hard work pays off, you know, and like. There's something about, uh, there was a, a line in um, the film Bohemian Rhapsody that sat with me more than any other. And it wasn't something that Freddie or any of his bandmates said. I believe it was one of uh, his managers or something like that said, um, bands, bands, like a band doesn't fail because they suck. It's because they break up, you know? And it's like so many bands break up and they never gave themselves the shot, you know, like you have to stick together to make it worth the while. And uh, if you guys continue to, to press on and you continue to perform like that in front of people, it'll just be a matter of time before something, you know, just, just, you know, changes over. And I hope that happens with Wastelands because I was fortunate enough to, to get a preview. If you pee on that, Matt, that'd be really good. Thank you. <laughs> He's peeing on the pee pad. Sweet. Um, but yeah, I really, I, I wish the best for you guys. And I really, you know, I, the first time I saw, saw uh, the performance at the Supper Club, I remember just thinking like, that's 
a band. That's a band that knows how to work the room too. And it's like, you don't want that person, you want the band to be so good. It doesn't matter what's playing on the screen behind you. If it's a baseball game, football game, don't bite me, dude. Come here. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I I love you guys. And uh, I wish you the best. Um, Stay in touch. And my prediction is by June, you'll be back on the roof here. Top of the world. You guys take care. I love you too. Um, have a great day. This has been another episode of Bobcast. <laughs>